I'm going to start this morning with the reading of the 23rd Psalm like we always do. Direct your attention over to the screen. Ready? Read. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being with us this day. Lord, as we've come into your house and set aside this time to give you praise and thanksgiving, Lord, we praise you because we know it's evident that your Holy Spirit inhabits our praises. Lord, just now, I pray that you would continue to quiet our hearts before you. Father, begin even now to open the hearts, the minds, and the ears of your children to receive your word today. And Lord God, reach down and touch my own lips with a refining coal that I would speak only the words which you have given me and none of my own. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done for us, all that you continue to do for us, and dedicate this time to you, to your praise, to your glory. We thank you, and it's in your precious name all God's children said, amen. If you want to join me in James chapter 5, we're going to read verses 7 through 11 today. And I want you all to know the pleasure that it is for Bob to watch me deal with this passage. <laughs> um, there's a, we'll, we'll call it an overtone of patience in this passage. And I will admit to not preaching on patience for approximately 10 years. <laughs> there's a reason for that. Because about 10 years ago... I gave a message that was, we'll say, more about patience than this message. And it was about 10 minutes after closing that message that I really lost my patience. <laughs> and so I said, I'm not going to preach on that anymore. <laughs> but as things would have it, the way this series broke down... Here we are. But God is good. And he got me through this week. I didn't have to hide in a cave to write this message. But God turned this message into something really wonderful. So let's read this. Uh, it's projected here on the screen, beginning in verse 7. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and the spring rains. 
you too. Be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Well, there's a couple ways that you could go passage, right? You could go patience, patience, patience. Or you could go until then. <laughs> well, I think you guys have known me long enough to know that I'm going until then, right? Why? Why? Because until then could be in five minutes, in five seconds, five years. But let me ask you this as we get started. Have you ever had to wait for something really good? Sure, we all have. It's a, it's a way of life, right? I, I guess whenever I think about waiting for things, especially this time of year, I get the image in my head of a little, ki a little kid waiting for Christmas. You know, oh, I can't wait to get whatever it is. But if they get their Christmas list together in June, <laughs> they might start to lose hope by December, right? Because it's a kind of a long stretch of time. And mom and dad have to continually say, but be patient. Christmas is coming. But be patient. We got a couple more months. Just wait, because it's coming, and it's going to be really good when it's here. But that's what happens to us, is when we wait on something, we start to lose heart sometimes, right? And so this is, when, when I look at this particular passage, it screams to me. It absolutely screams to me. Kids, I'm coming, but don't lose heart. Amen? I'm coming, but don't lose heart. There's two key words that we need to look at this morning as we look at this passage of Scripture. The first of course, is patient. And this comes from the Greek word makrothemia. And when I looked into this and I got into the Strong's, I see that it's initially translated as patient, but it also could mean having a long spirit, not to lose heart. There it is. I love that. To persevere and to endure in times of misfortune. So last week, I fire-hosed you, right? <laughs> and plowed you with Scripture Maybe some of you were like, is this guy ever going to stop talking? But you know what? When we looked at that first passage in James 5, it was the lead up to this. Because sometimes things don't go the way we want them to. Sometimes people don't treat us right. And so now James says, in all of that possible time of misfortune... 
Don't lose heart. Stay with me. Be patient. Persevere. Don't give up. But in verse 7, and I guess that's why it screams this, be patient then, brothers and sisters, not for eternity, but be patient until the Lord's coming. Yes. Now, some days when we have to be patient, it feels like eternity, right? Because when we received the Lord as our Savior, that was June, and we wrote our Christmas list, right? (laughs) And for some of us, that June was a long time ago. And so it's like, all right, Lord, all my life I've been here, and these are the end days. All my life I've been here, and he's coming again. Where are you at? Now, on Wednesday this past week, uh, during our Bible study, we had a lot of um, emotional discussion. And specifically during our prayer time, there was a lot of heartfelt emotion. And I guess it's because things looked like the world was really kind of falling in, right? We, we were heartbroken um, as a people to see a loss of the sanctity of life in our state. And so it it becomes troublesome because that's the time when we're like, all right, Lord, we messed up. Open the clouds and step out. We need you. We need you. But be patient, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. Endure and persevere through the times of misfortune. The other word that we need to set our eyes on is terizo. And this means steadfastly set. It also means to make stable, to place firmly. I like this one, render constant. Or as the NIV puts it, stand firm. As I put this together, it felt so timely. And I'm probably the last preacher on the face of the earth to ever quote a president. But this was the quote that came to my mind whenever I read this. Stand firm. And Abraham Lincoln said, be sure you put your feet in the right place. Then stand firm. might not be the best-known quote of Abraham Lincoln's. But underneath this purple shirt, that picture is the back of the shirt that I'm wearing. Because I like that. Because it says something that's so much deeper than he may have actually meant it. Because to me, I read this and see, be sure you plant yourself in Christ. And then stand firm. Is that the best amen you got in you? Be sure you plant your feet in Christ and then stand firm. 
anywhere else's sinking stand. So those are our two key words that we need to keep in mind as we pull these verses apart and look at them. So first we're going to look at verses 7 and 8. Be patient, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and the spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Note that in two verses, two power-packed little sticks of dynamite, boom, Man, he says, be patient, the Lord is coming. By the way, be patient, because the Lord is coming. Folks, if there's nothing else you take away from this, please be patient, because the Lord is coming. Amen? So we take these verses apart, and this is the boil down. Be patient. Don't stop watching. Be strong. Matthew chapter 25, probably one of my favorite parables. Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13, it says this, At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up, trimmed their lamps, and the foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. While they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord. They said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I do not know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. It can be hard to store up oil. When you wrote your Christmas list in June, And you got to sit and wait and watch it. Say, hmm. 
Maybe it's never going to happen. We don't say that. Right? We have a hope. We have a hope. But when I look at James 5, 7, and 8, it's like such a clear point back. Don't grow weary. Don't be like them that fell asleep. Sometimes you get tired, right? That's why we come into fellowship so we can poke each other and keep each other awake. (laughs) Whack, get up. Whack, get up. Right? Don't fall asleep. And furthermore, even though it adds, oil is not the lightest substance, right? It can be a little heavy. So it, it adds some weight to carry it around with your lamp. I meant to bring my oil lamp this morning and I forgot it. Because there's, there's just something about seeing an actual oil lamp that's lit and how its flame can be turned up and then turned down. And, and sometimes, depending on where you're at, you need that flame to come up a little bit brighter. And then other times, you need it just a little bit lower. Right? So the encouragement here is don't lose heart. Don't stop watching. Keep your oil and your lamp both ready. Be strong. Of course, anytime I say be strong, I have to go back to Joshua chapter 1. Verses 8 and 9, this is at Joshua's installation. And this is what it says. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, folks, this might have been given to a man in the Old Testament, but when I read this, I see see our instruction. Keep this book, all of it, the law on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Fill your mind with Scripture. Let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus, yes? Fill yourself so full of Scripture that the enemy can't torment you and say, Jesus is never coming back. No, you know what? And, and, and hear me, I know that I'm young, and I know that my 22 years saved is small in comparison to some of y'all in this room, but all my life, all my life, I have heard this said, and I claim it, 
I ain't going by way of the grave. I'm going when the Lord comes back. I stand on it. I stand on it. So we fill ourselves full of this book of the law. Because what happens? I wish I had a cup and a pitcher right here. Because what happens? You keep filling it, you keep filling it, you keep filling it. And what happens? It runs over. It runs over. And everything gets sopping wet all around it. And that sopping saturation goes out and all around. See what I'm getting at? Yes. Fill yourself so full of Christ that everything you say and do divulges Christ. Everything. You get up in the morning and... You say, good morning, Jesus lives. You lay down at night and you say, praise God for the stars and the moon. Fill yourself with it. Be strong and of good courage. And we look at James 5 and 9. This one kind of gets its own little breakdown because it's very important. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Another way to say that is, the Lord's coming is near, right? So now we have that three verses in a row. He's coming. He's coming, by the way. <laughs> In case you didn't catch it the first two ways I said it, now I'll say it a third way. The judge is standing at the door. He's coming. So don't grumble against one another. Instead, build one another up. That can be so hard sometimes. Instead, exhort one another. Instead, be loving with one another. All three of those, easier said than done, right? Yes. Whoo! But the truth, how much further ahead would this world be if we would build one another up, if we took the time to reach out to one another? How you doing today? Hey, you know what? And, and, and I, I can be so guilty of this one because sometimes you want to check on people whenever you notice that physically they look worn down. And that's when we want to hold our tongues, right, the most because we don't want to offend them and be like, man, you look exhausted. Are you all right? <laughs> but that's the truth because... I've been on the receiving end of that question. You, look, you don't look good today. You all right? And I'm like, well, what's that supposed to mean? I got my hair did. I got my suit on. I thought I looked all right. <laughs> and they're like, your eyes are puffy and all bagged up. And I'm like, that's why I have glasses on so you can't see that. <laughs> but in that, someone's checking on you. So don't be quick to be offended 
whenever somebody's like, ooh, your eyes are real bagging up, y'all right? <laughs> They're just checking on you. You okay? It physically looks like you need some love, like you just need a hug, right? It, it, it kind of looks like you just need a pat on the back today. And I feel like I'm the one that was assigned to give you that pat on the back. Right? Yes. Hebrews 10, 25. 24 and 25. Says this. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as the manner of some is. As the habit of some in doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Oh, wait, is Jesus coming? Yeah! <laughs> Jesus is coming! So spur one another on to love and good works. Build one another up and don't forget Come to the meeting house on Sunday. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Now, brothers and sisters, about the times and the dates, we do not need to write you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. I love this passage. Whew. You are all children of the light. And children of the day, we do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day... Let us be sober, putting on faith, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Do you need a breastplate or a helmet if you're not going to battle? Oh, what's this tell you? We're going to battle. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation, praise God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Does it encourage you to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Yes. Now, because we're here, I'm not going to ignore this. 
I love these first five verses of this passage because I, I think it was about two years ago. This was like that Holy Spirit two by four. Boom, wake up, Eric. Because again, all my life, you hear these words. Jesus will come like a thief in the night. Jesus will come like a thief in the night. Jesus will come like a thief in the night. Let's read this again. For you, you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So correct. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman. And they will not escape. But you... Brothers and sisters, but you, everybody in this room who is saved, but you are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. Did you hear that? Now, I've never been pregnant, obviously. My wife obviously has. Honey, I'm going to pull you on the spot. While you were pregnant, did you know that you were pregnant? Okay, she says yes. And shortly before the birth of our daughter, did you feel some pains that said, hmm, that baby's coming? Yeah. She felt something. And she said, we got to get this kid out of here. <laughs> I tell, uh, I'm proud of her. I'll give you that. 36 hours of labor. The woman knows what labor's like. But it didn't surprise her. Didn't surprise her. Why? She knew it was coming. For nine months, she said, a baby's on the way. And so he's, here's, here's what it says. As labor pains... Were they horrible all at once, or did they start out gradual and then get horrible? Just so that I know. I don't know these things. <laughs> they, got, they started small, yes? And then they amplified and amplified and amplified until at one point she said, next time that doctor comes in here, we're having a C-section. <laughs> and I said, whatever you want, honey. And then the doctor came in, and the doctor said, you got about 10 minutes till it's go time. And she said, oh, never mind. <laughs> if we're that close, we're going. But these labor pains are our signs of the times, right? We are believers. We are indulging in the word. We are sinking ourselves so full of Christ. We're going to feel something. As that day approaches, we're going to notice it. And it shouldn't surprise us like a thief. Why? We got plenty of oil. Our lamps is lit. Most thieves don't come in to a well-lit house. Amen? Amen. So don't be surprised when the preacher tries to do a cartwheel 
and says, Jesus is coming, right? I'm not going to try to do a cartwheel. I'd break my shoulder. Verses 10 and 11. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, our world sees a lot of suffering, right? I mean, that's just being for real. Our world sees a lot of suffering. And we have, if, if we're being honest, we have to say this. It's not exactly getting any easier in this world to be a Christian, is it? No. In fact, it's maybe becoming a little more difficult. Sometimes it really feels like the whole world is actually against us. But if God is for us, Yes, if God is for us, who can be against us? Not this world, because this world's going to find out. We all went to church. We all listened to the preacher say, Jesus is coming. And one day, one day, <laughs> come on, praise God. One day those clouds will roll back. And Jesus Christ will step out, but you got to be ready for him, or it's going to surprise you like a thief in the night. Be an example of patience in the face of suffering. Stand firm. Take the prophets who spoke in the name of our Lord. As you know, we count blessed those who have persevered. We've all heard about Job. And we saw what the Lord finally brought about. And if you haven't heard about Job, I encourage you to open your Bible this week and start to read about him. And what will you find? You'll find that last sentence. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. So we boil verses 10 and 11 down. Show others his greatness. Fill yourself so full of Christ that your cup will runneth over. And, and, and here's, my, here's my encouragement to everybody. Whether you're in the room or watching through the lens, here's my encouragement is this. Don't just overflow once in a while. Live in the overflow. That's the best place to be, is living in the overflow. So get more. Push it in. Press it down, shake it together. Right? I remember when I was a little kid, uh, we filled up little coin barrels um, I, I don't remember if we did it every couple of months or every month, but what we would do at home is we would take our coin barrels, and once we thought they were completely, completely full, we'd roll them all over the floor, and that would knock the coins down, and there'd be more room for more coins. And then once it seemed like it was not going to get, you know, rolling it around the floor wasn't going to do anything, then we'd take it over to the table, and we'd rock it back and forth like this, 
And as we rocked it back and forth, the coins would settle again, and we could get more coins. There was something about we had to get a lot of coins in the barrel. I don't really remember a lot of that. I was pretty small when we did that. But the point is, the more you work at it, just, just when you think, I can't get any fooler, all you got to do is shake your shoulders, right? Do the shoulder shake, and you can get a few more coins in there. Raise your hands and praise the Lord, and that'll shake your coins down, and you can get a few more coins in your barrel, right? Is this making sense? Just when you think, I'm too full, I'm at capacity. No, you're not. There's more. You can take a little more. So show others his greatness. Continue knowing that the reward is at hand. In other words, Jesus is coming And talk about it. It's not taboo to go out and tell the world, Jesus is coming. You got to be ready. Now, I'll give you, if you go down the streets or if you're walking through Walmart and you're telling people, Jesus is coming, you might get some eyebrows. You just might. That's the truth. But, yes, I stay out of Walmart. We know that. But we got to talk about it and we got to tell people the reward is at hand. Jesus is coming. I want to talk to you just for a second about this word reward. Because actually before I do that, I shared this verse last week. And I'm sharing it again this week because it's that important. If we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die... We belong to the Lord. Say that with me. We belong to the Lord. Did you mean it? Yes. Yes. We belong to the Lord. And when we belong to the Lord, that changes things. So now this word reward. Look at this. Revelation 22 and 12. The final I'm going to call it the final greeting. Look, I am coming soon. And my reward is with me. And I will give to each person according to what they have done. This word reward is the word misthos. And that word not only means the good reward... But it literally means the dues paid for work. It also means the punishments. So for those who don't belong to the Lord, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming soon. Soon, yes. And for those who don't belong to the Lord, we got to get them to where they come to know the Lord. Because when Jesus comes with this reward, he will bring about a punishment to those who don't know him. Brother Jeff, if you could 
Give me some music here as we close up. But when Jesus comes and brings this reward with him, what a glorious day that will be for us who know him, right? I mean, I'm talking big glory, like we ain't ever seen on this side of eternity. Big glory. Maybe I'll coin that one. Big glory. But don't you feel sorry for those who will stand and have the opportunity to watch the clouds roll back and say they were right. That's a heartbreaker, folks. But it's the truth. That's the truth. It's one day. And I know it's a little bit cliche to say it, but it could happen before the final amen of this service. But that's the truth. It could happen in another five years. It could take another 10. It could take another 15. No man knows the day or the hour. But because we don't know the day or the hour, we have to have oil in our lamps and extra oil set aside. And I want you to hear this scripture in closing that's printed on the bottom of your outline, just hear it. Psalm chapter one says this, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, He meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. I want to invite everyone just to bow their head and close their eyes for a minute. In all of this, in all of this, there's an ongoing message. Elijah preached a message of repentance. Isaiah preached a message of repentance. Joel preached a message of repentance. Jonah preached a message of repentance. Jeremiah, Amos, Micah, Malachi, they told the people, repent. And then Jesus came and Jesus said, repent. And then Jesus sent out his disciples and said, go and make disciples. Tell all the world, repent. 
for my coming is near. And that's the message today. The coming is near, so repent. So we'll have every head bowed and every eye closed here in the sanctuary this morning. If you have something that's weighing heavily on your heart and you say, Lord Jesus, I need to repent of that this morning, will you shoot your hand up? I see that hand, I see that hand, and I see that hand, I see that hand. I see that hand and that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand. Thank you. Praise you. Praise you, Jesus. See that hand, brother. God bless you. I see that hand and that hand. God bless you. And there's something beautiful in the act of repentance because it changes your life starting now. Father, now in the name of Jesus, we come before you and we lay everything at your feet. And we ask you, Lord, come and fill our hearts so full of you. Come, Lord God, and wash us brand new in your blood. Come and change our hearts, oh God. Father, you've exposed things to us that we should repent of. And Lord, even now, even now, we quiet our hearts before you and ask your forgiveness of those things. And ask you, Lord, come and cleanse us and fill the void in our hearts. Father, when we rid ourselves of something, there's an emptiness. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, send your Holy Spirit and replace it. Fill the void 150 times over, Lord God, that there would be no more room for whatever it is to return. But King Jesus, have your way. We await your return, Lord God. Eagerly. We eagerly await your return, Lord. Not in the hope. Not in the hope that we'll just get out of here, but in the hope that we'll be with you. That's what we long for. So, Lord, we give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' name. If you need to come and leave something at the altar this morning, the altar is open to you. The worship team's going to close us in song. If you want someone to meet you here and pray with you, we are glad to. If you want to come up here and pray alone, you're welcome to. If you want to give your life to Christ this morning, this is the place and now is the time. We'll meet you here and pray with you.